There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. to Falling Pieces. I'm Terry. A podcast dedicated to the NBC series Debris. I'm Sean Fangirl S. Exclusively on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Steve. Holy crap, this episode. (laughs) How do you really feel? It was, okay. Now you guys had watched, I think, um, and talked about it before I I got a chance. So you I was like watching this going, oh my God, what should I text them? Should I tell them? Like, oh, holy crap. Wait, that blows that theory out. Oh my gosh. What about this? And I'm like, <laughs> and I kept looking because we know that this is just kind of like repeat, repeat, repeat about the running and diving thing. Yeah. I kept looking for the flowers like you guys were talking about. Right. So yeah, I, we for- yeah, we forgot to mention last week. And I think it's because... We watch it on our computers, so the screen might not have been big enough. But a lot of other people, Steve had told me on the internet, had caught this. That when, in last week's episode, Shelby was running through the, the big wooded area with all the big boulders and crap, he jumped over a pair of white tulips. Um, I didn't see them in this when Kathleen was I was, was looking, running. but I couldn't no, tell. I didn't see it, so. But I don't remember where it was. Okay, now what's the significance of the tulips? Fringe. Yep. One word. Say for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, anybody who doesn't know or just knows about Fringe, there was an episode, wasn't it called Tulip or White Tulips were mentioned? I forget. But White Tulips is something that one of the main characters, Walter, having a discussion about God, wanted God to show him, grow somewhere. And another character's like, they don't grow this time of year here. And Walter's like, well, he's God. He can do anything. And so later on, he gets one drawn on a piece of paper. So and that has big significance for the character of Walter. So that's the the whole thing. But I mentioned to Steve, I said, oh, my God, when I was watching the actual live broadcast, because we get to watch previews. And I said, did you see what he ran over? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, a pair of white tulips. And Steve's like. A lot of people caught that. <laughs> so. And it didn't seem to be growing in like a normal area either. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was. Expected it to be growing on a rocky out outcrop. Thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty neat though. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't catch it this episode. So I didn't see it. It's either. probably there. I don't think and, so. I and maybe watching. I'm just not looking in the right spot no. because it depends on where it starts with the running part. Yeah. No. So. 
Anyway, Steve, why don't you hit us with some ratings from the last episode? Let me get my Pepto-Bismol out. Hold on. (laughs) All right. Episode 9 brought in 2.60 million viewers with a 0.38 rating in adults 18 to 49. So as steady as she goes, very little deviation from the last three weeks. This is about the numbers we're going to have. That episode was so good. I really think that more people are going to like find out about that one and start watching it from right. there. Yes. But plus we've talked before. We don't know if, if they're counting any ratings from online viewings and yeah, I got all that. if Peacock's part of this number because it plays the next day, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm really shocked to be honest that they're not replaying it on sci-fi too. Yeah. Because this totally fits on sci-fi. <laughs> how weird this is. Easily. And I know we're about to jump in and we're going to talk about it later, but I'm going to say right now that the ending really threw me. Really? And yes. And <laughs> I know we'll talk about it, okay. but I'm just putting that out as my initial reaction. So anything without spoiling anything in advance that you guys were like thrown by. Huh, let's see. Probably the one reset where Fanola is actually with Niles. That was not oh. Yeah, I did not expect that. And he was driving like a maniac. So it was like, yeah. whoa, <laughs> where'd this come from? Terry, did you have any that any moment that was like, what? That was the one. And the fact that I was like, well, he didn't drive like that before. And I was like, well, wait a minute. When he was with Brian last week, Brian was driving. Right. But he's driving crazy. And he's so... You know, like last week, Brian was talking to Niels and he's doing like this outdoorsman, put your tongue in the air to check the wind direction. Um, You know, Grizzly Adams kind of thing. And then here he's like driving crazy and he's saying to Finola, yeah, alien invasion. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, like like, he doesn't know what's going on. Hello. Where do you work? I'm like, who hired this? Who does the vetting for this thing? <laughs> I think Maddox was out on vacation the day they hired Neils. That's what. <laughs> so that one, that one kind of threw me. And then later, uh, when there is written talking to each other, I right. thought that was super neat, and I was actually thrown by that. So those are the two big things for me. Yeah. All right, let's jump into season one, episode 10. I am Icarus. Jump in. Jump in. (laughs) Because I'm not diving head first. But so we're back at Shelby's house and we have Brian and Shelby trying to talk through the situation, right? Because we know there's a lot of stuff happening and they realize that they're both pilots in this situation. And so they did not get where they needed to be. But they could be working against each other, not realizing it. Yeah. And then we see a helicopter approach. It's like, holy crap, we're screwed, right? We got to yeah. go. Because, of course, our little partner, who I don't remember her name because I don't Grace. want to because I'm mad. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, Brian, no. You know, it's like all dramatic because, of course, they're off to the races. And Shelby goes in and Brian's about to go in. but. Grace shoots him. I don't like her. I just don't. Oh, we've been <laughs> partners for five years. I know all about you. So I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. Like, whoa. Okay. Well, Maddox did tell her whatever the cost. I know. Last week. Don't yeah, like so. Maddox. 
And then it just gets weird as everything, the deck starts to shuffle because it's like, do we like medics at any of them that they've showed us? Shown us. I'm sorry. Like, no. I don't <laughs> think I really like him at all. But now at the end, like I said, questioning something with Maddox, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, so Brian and Shelby do make it to the debris as Brian is bleeding. And Shelby shoves him into, I guess, one of the pilots, like, divots. I don't yeah. know. It's not exactly a seat. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Bunk beds. And <laughs> Bunk beds. <laughs> there you go. We're coming live from Sturgis, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Illustrator. Yeah. Um, so everything resets again. And Brian is not shot anymore, but he's still with Grace. So not where he wanted to be. Kind of makes me wonder if he was thinking about Grace because he got shot. He's probably thinking, she shot me. Yeah, I don't like you. <laughs> and Brian, all brooding like, walks up to the house again. And this time, holy crap, you're not Shelby. You're yeah. Kathleen. And I love it. It's like, how do you know me? And we get the whole, let me run this down. But things have gone really awry because, yes, we know Shelby's gone. But everything is getting really weird in the house. Oh, yeah. And Brian has to recap everything quickly. Everything that he knows, because he's only jumped at this point, what, four times as far as we know? Mm, something like, well, I don't know. He did the one with Shelby. Did he did two with Shelby? Yeah. Or two, two and then he... Then he got shot. So that's three. So is it only the three? Three or, three or four. So. so, of course, Brian's like, I'm trying to get back to my partner. Shelby's trying to get back to you. And I love it. How do you know? Well, because I was just with them. And she, she's looking really distraught. And I thought at this point when I was going to message you guys, I'm like, okay. So it kind of shoots the theory out of the water that they could possibly be one person. And that they turned into two during one of the jumps. Because oh, I think we mentioned. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was mentioned at one point, <laughs> or it could have been on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't here, but that it wasn't. In fact, they weren't in fact twins. It was just one person, and right. they kept flipping. And for some reason, like memory got weird. But since they know about each other for real, I'm guessing that blows it out of the water. But you know, this show does weird things, so. Well, apparently the reset doesn't reset chromosomes, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just moves everybody. Just shuffles important. the deck, yeah. Because yeah. when we see the glimpses of the other realities, it's not always Shelby or or Kathleen. We get to see the little boy in there, here and there. But we also see other people. So it's like, okay, so not every existence do they live here. Well, well, it's either that or it could be her parents. Right. That's who what yeah. I thought it was. That's was what I was parents. thinking. Yeah. But neither pair seemed to react to it like it was their parents. So maybe it was a completely different couple that had bought the house. Right. Because it was a bunch of different people. If you look, yeah, some were yeah. younger, some were older. Yeah. yeah. It's just weird. But Brian tells Kathleen about Grace and how once they discover... That the debris is in the water, <laughs> that this place is going to be filled with agents. And Kathleen's like, well, then let's go. We have, Well, no, we have to figure out what's wrong first. Yeah, okay, that's just working out, you know, like gangbusters, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it's getting worse. But, you know, you kind of understand Brian because he 
feels like, yeah, you every jump is making it worse, and we need to know exactly what we need to do to set it right before we can't. Right. And this is when Brian says we need to find George Jones. And Grace is like, um, Brian, you killed George two days ago. And this is where like my mind started to go. It started to like turn around going, wait a second, this resets two days ago. She lost her brother two days ago. He killed George two days ago. Holy crap. Which reality are we going to end up in? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like, wait, everything's changing. And yeah, I get it. But that means George was alive. He was brought back, assumably. But this just keeps getting weirder and weirder. But Kathleen and Brian run off because, well, they're going to shut everything down again. And they jump and reset. I don't know about you guys, but the whole reset thing, I was like, oh, I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> like the flashing lights. Please stop. Kind of like if Fringe did a Groundhog Day episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this would be it. Yeah. But this time we don't have Fanola. I mean, we don't have Brian. We have Fanola. And I was like, what? Yay, Fanola's back. But it is not Brian that she's partnered with. No. I was like, son of a... <laughs> So close. <laughs> and this time we have Gibson, who is talking to her about wanting NASA's part to come back. And he's going to keep trying for the, what was it, getting a, a Chevrolet for a dollar a year. Yeah, so I wouldn't say not a NASA astronauts chose <laughs> Corvette. So <laughs> they're all I want to know NASA. if that was a real thing. I wonder if we're going to have a NASA episode because, like, he's talking about that perk and Grace was talking about, you know what the first food the astronauts ate was? Right. I was like, there's a lot of NASA talk here. Holy moly. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense if we get something in space because of the debris coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I loved how he wanted that perk, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, who wouldn't want that perk? Yeah, no kidding. I'll go ahead and pay for it. Hell a yeah. dollar a year till the car you know, falls apart. I'll even pay I'll, you. I'll even pay you five. <laughs> <laughs> My last car, I think, was 15 years old. All right, I'll do it. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so anyway, they arrive at the house and Kathleen answers. So Shelby's still not back. But this time she recognizes Fanola's last name. And she asks, do you happen to be related to George D Jones? And it was like, yeah, that's my dad. Oh, is he dead? No, he's alive. I love it. It's like, what? Why are you asking if my dad's dead, creepy girl? <laughs> creepy little like white that girl. look on her face. Come on, and right. look at her like, all right, this kid's creepy. What's going on? Waiting for her <laughs> to hold. It. Waiting for her to hold a doll with no head on it. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so when Fanola finally gets past the okay, this girl's weird. And asked, well, what's going on? Kathleen responds that George Jones is the only one who can save the world. Save the cheerleader. Save the world. Yeah. Or in this case, save George Jones. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how they were going with it. And the fact that this time we're getting Kathleen, where last episode was basically mm -hmm. on Shelby. Right. So yeah. it's like, okay, we're seeing multiple sides, multiple universes. And it's like, all right, but I'm a little upset. Where the hell did Brian go? Right. <laughs> I guess that would have been the other part that threw me that the first time the door was answered, it was her. Yeah. I was expecting Shelby and still having like glimpse of Kathleen in a mirror or in a bleed through or something. And holy crap, she's answering the door now. So, yeah. 
Move on to our next group of pieces as Fanola and Gibson see the bleed-throughs. And boy, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Kathleen tells Fanola about Brian and the damage being done to space-time. Gibson says Fanola needs to call her father. (laughs) And I guess this also kind of threw me a little bit because George's still at Orbital at Langley. And he talks to Fanola, and once again, we heard this in the last episode, and we hear it again, that Kathleen would have to need to jump at the same time that she and Shelby jumped the first time. And of course, Mm -hmm. George is still going, nope, we can't let her jump. It's convince her that her brother's gone. That that is really cold. Yes. (laughs) It's like, ah. Everything's falling apart, but yeah, you know what? You just got to take it, you know, with a grain of salt. Your brother's gone. Get over it. You did it. It's like, damn. <laughs> I can see here what Fanola was talking about two episodes ago. It's like, you didn't have time for anything except Orbital. Mm. So it's like, even in this moment, it's like, you don't even have, you can't even like muster up the empathy to be like, I understand this is hard, but you know, something, fake it. Fake right. it till you make it, you know. Like, <laughs> well, it reminded reminded okay. me of last reminded me of last week with his conversation with Garcia, and he was, you know, had oh, good yeah. had good intentions behind what he was saying, but like I was saying, the timing was so off. Of you know, well, you just have to accept it, and you knew there was dangers going in ahead of time, and so not that I think George, I'm not trying to cast him as you know being a, a hard ass kind of a person, but his bedside manner is a little lacking. Good thing he's not a medical doctor. Oh, right. my God. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Although I will tell you, I had a medical doctor much like him. It'd be like, well, i got some good news and bad news. The bad news is you're going to die from your disease within a week. The good news is they have lasagna tonight. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, even the pod, pod dog, dog doesn't, doesn't like, that. like that. Yeah. Sorry, next. <laughs> So while Fanola is still on the phone with her father, Kathleen goes back in the house and Fanola finally comes in and she asks Gibson, who's watching one of the bleed throughs, where's Kathleen? Of course, he's, wasn't she with you? Gibson, come on. (laughs) That was another odd one. I thought, was he mesmerized by the bleed through or are we now going through realities in the doorway? Right. Yeah, because all like, he was doing was sitting there watching that guy eat some snacks. And it's like, that's not oh yeah, very like exciting. Orange. <laughs> yeah. How could he miss Kathleen coming in that screen door? Exactly. Went right yeah. past him. Yeah. I so that's he, when I was a little thrown. See, I was just thinking he was so freaked out because he hadn't seen anything like this yet. That could be, yeah. That yeah. It's like when you're watching TV and stuff's happening around you and you're like, wait, what? What just happened? Yeah. yeah. But we go back to Langley, where we see Maddox is in the office with George, not looking like he's the one who's totally in control of uh, Orbital, which yeah. was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. And he happened to recall that name, and he pulls up the statistics on Brian Benavidi, and he was definitely in Afghanistan. Calls him a trouble magnet, hands the 
phone over to George, who actually notices that he was a war criminal. Mm. I was like, what? Yeah. Even though Maddox says that he reached out to him to try to help him and get him back on track, but he wouldn't listen. It's like, this is a version of (laughs) Maddox we haven't seen before. Really? It's a version of Brian, too. Right. And is the war criminal or, you know, war criminal in quotes, if you would interpret whatever he did that way, is that something in his past? That's not the reason he needs the shots. But is that something in his past that Maddox also helped him with? See, I was thinking that because if we remember when Maddox wanted him to kill George, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, you Mm -hmm. went into that without question. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of feeling like Mm -hmm. this is where it was. Oh, you were a troublemaker, war criminal, or you were on our team kind of thing. Yep. This is kind of uh, maybe a, a, a governmental penance, perhaps. Maybe that is an actual piece of reality that's in all of these resets. Yep. About Brian. Yep. Yeah. Mm, the plot thickens. Yes. So we see Kathleen watching a bleed through with Shelby and Brian. And Shelby holds up a sign that says, we can see you. <gasps> that's a surprise. Whoa. I- I was like, wait, this is good, right? That means they can work things out. Yeah, because supposedly she, nobody in the other bleed-throughs could see the people here. Right. Yeah, so I was like, whoa. What is it, quantum entanglement? Yeah. So Brian writes something on his pad, but just before, just as he flips it over to so they could see it, their bleed-through blips out. Oh. <sighs> Right faster. Yes. (laughs) And Kathleen notices that no one else can see them, but they did. Yep. Got to be that quantum entanglement. Mm -hmm. So Fanola says Kathleen lied, just like Shelby did, and she can't jump in again. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go over great. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Every time one of them says it, you get a reset because they're going in. They're going in. Yeah, off and running again. (laughs) Yeah, Kathleen breaks down saying it was her fault for encouraging Shelby to keep doing the jumps. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Kathleen runs off and resets again. So we go back to the house again, and Kathleen gets a writing pad and actually sits in front of a bleed through where Shelby is sitting. And she writes, I love you. Shelby calls Brian over, and we see the two brother and sister reach out their hands to each other and you kind of go this has got two possibilities and i'm not sure i like either one (laughs) your one of your two is probably the only thing i thought right was if they're able to reach through their realities to touch each other it's going to everything's going to end right there (laughs) i thought they were going to be able to somehow like pull each other out yeah I thought it was going to reset everything back to where it should be. Ah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. And but, do we really reset here or is this just the other, the the rest of the last reset? Because we get K- Kathleen here in the house by herself and then we shoot to Finola and Grace in the vehicle. So I don't think it was really a reset unless they did touch each other. 
See, that's what I thought. They did touch right on the edge of the bleed through, and that caused a reset, which would not fit because we've been shown last episode in this, the only way to reset is go down at the debris. Right. But I could see this being a reset, although I thought it was going to bring everything back to where it should have been. I could see this being a reset because now you got the two alternate realities meeting. Right. Not just the one be existing in your own. So I thought, yeah. And so this was a different kind of reset. So maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was. I kind of thought I was leaning towards it was. Right. So I thought that was a neat scene, though. I really like that. Um, yeah, I didn't even think about was it an actual reset or was it just a continuation? Right. I just assumed like one of them went running and jumped. Then again, it could have been that they didn't show it the right way visually on the screen, which would kind of say, well, then it doesn't exist. You know, it was kind of caused uh, the, the bleed through to blip out, you know, the, the two realities almost touching like that. You know, right. but I like I said, I thought it was a reset. Anybody who's watching wants to write in. You know, to me, it could go either way. It could be that it was or it wasn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just because the order of what was going on after Kathleen made the last jump, mm -hmm. it kind of threw things off because every time through, we've seen one of the agents in the car. Mm -hmm. And this time we didn't because we get Kathleen in the house first. So, Or the other thing I'm just... For some reason, that goes into what I'm believing, but um, what you just said right there just tipped me off. Maybe all of these resets, I think you, you two and maybe the listeners would be like, well, duh. Maybe all of these resets are just to the current reality, but all of these bleed-throughs... Where's that biker bar? Uh, all of these, <laughs> these bleed-throughs that they're seeing in the current time... Maybe nothing about those bleed-throughs change. It's just current time in that house and everything around it and the whole, I guess, the whole world or whatever. Um, that all resets, but all of the bleed-throughs are probably just loops of uh, or continuations of, the, of those realities, and they never change. In other words, it doesn't reset the current reality and the bleed-throughs. It only resets the current reality that's causing the bleed-throughs. I'm kind of shocked in the bleed-throughs. We haven't seen other Fanola and Brian's or other agents then. Yeah, me too. If we got Brian and we see even Shelby, why not? Because all these other agents have been in the house. Right. Or at least some of them anyway have been in the house. So Yeah, we don't see the other agent with Brian until we actually go into his reality yeah yeah there was that one really cool shot i don't know if this was the point it wasn't the point but there was another shot where uh the camera kind of panned and we saw uh brian and shelby from behind and it looks like you're in that reality right now in the right. bleed through yep. and finola and uh kathleen are off in the ethereal, you know, kind right. of a thing. I thought that was a neat little visual transition. I, I think that was later, but that was a really neat shot. Okay, well, um, reset or not, we now have Fanola and Grace in the car. <laughs> and Grace is talking about what was the first food the astronauts ate again, applesauce and a toothpaste tube. Um, 
And so now this time when they get out at the lookout, lookout point, the Ligari device is actually reading the atmosphere is high and not faint like before. All the other agents and a lot of time Brian would say, yeah, it's there, it's faint, there's something. Right. Now Grace is saying the reading is high. This so it's can't like, be good. <laughs> no. And from the distance, even though once we got closer, it wasn't, but from the distance, it almost looked like the whole house had a bleed-through effect around it. Right. I was like, oh, Lordy. Um, and when they get to the house, it's like this this whole front, like, upper left section is, like, uh, bleeding through. I'm like, oh, that's got to be weird. It's now, like firework. Did you ever <laughs> get the feeling that it was very similar to Amber? Oh, yes. Yeah. I did oh, too. Yeah. From Fringe, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, holy crap. Because the effect was almost the same. Right. All you'd have to do is have the people stand still and, and color it yellow, like amber. Yep. And you'd have basically the same effect. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things that crossed my mind. So uh, Kathleen now, Finola goes, and I think she that's where she tells Grace, you know, run some tests here, I'll go to the house. Yep. Kathleen takes Finola to a spot where Shelby and Brian are, and then they start communicating, writing on the pad. So now Brian, you, we don't see him writing at first. This is what he had been writing. Right. And probably was smart enough to sit back and say, hopefully we'll get another opening again. Yeah. And they did. And so the first thing he writes is, another version of you was on the verge of the answer. So I could just imagine being followed like another version of me. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he writes or shows, we got separated before she could tell me. Then he writes something about a bilateral deviation and uh, quantum entanglement. There you go. Yep. That's what I was thinking. So she writes uh, or he writes, um, no clue what that means. And then he writes, which I thought, well, you're still talking through the bleed through, writes, no more time. Now, we later find out what he means, because in their reality, in Brian and Shelby's version of reality, those that helicopter's still coming. Right. So, but he writes, no more time. So, Finola writes, she doesn't know. Brian writes back, asks George to help. But Finola writes back one word, dead. Took forever for her to write that, by the way. I know. <laughs> and uh, so Brian, you can see he's frustrated. He's like, oh crap, her reality, he's dead. Jeez. Right. So then he writes back, and this was a nice throwback to the first episode. Yep. He writes, You believe debris came for a reason, you believe in the world, and then writes, Help save it. I love that. Yep. Then she look looked back. so confused. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you be? I would be, even if you're, you know, kind of sort of getting as used to it as you can investigating this stuff. I'd be like, what? <laughs> and then they blip out. So at least he got all of what he wrote, you know, shown. So Finola and Kathleen go outside and they go to Grace and Finola asks her, Grace has never heard of bilateral deviation. So now neither one of them, well, Kathleen too, don't know what that exactly that means. And Kathleen says that she and Finola can fix this. Oh, here we go again. Yep. And they jump in. Reset. <laughs> so now, uh, this was one of the surprising things. Uh, 
a little crazy, a little funny. Finola is back in the car, and she's with Niels, who we saw last week, Mr. Odd Eating Habits himself, <laughs> um, driving like a madman on the road. Yeah. It's like, you know, and when she blips into that reality in the car, she's like being jostled around a little bit, and she's like, what the heck? So they arrive at the lookout point. That's where he tells her, I know exactly what's going on. It's an alien invasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, like I said, it's like, Niels, who do you work for? What are you finding? Yeah. Dude, chill. I think Maddox was on vacation when they hired him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just needed some sour fish. In yeah, yeah you know, exactly. Maybe that would have made him chill out. Yeah. Some nice yogurt and sour fish. That would have been just fine. So uh, he tells Vanilla she needs to call her father. This is where it got creepy unto, into, out of, and around yes. mind-bending. <laughs> uh, you know, cranial inception here. When he says that, she goes, he's dead. And Neil says, oh, my God. <laughs> and he's, like, really taken aback and upset. He says, I just spoke to him yesterday. Right. I was cracking up with that. What happened? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Wait, what? I just spoke to him yesterday. <laughs> and that was funny. Uh, kudos to the actor. It was a neat role, the little role they had. But that was where everything was folding in and around and out of itself. You know, call your father. He's dead. I just talked to him yesterday. And then she's looking at him like, whoa, wait a second. Yeah. You know, this is. And it seems like, and you've heard me in the past with my food analogies. Um, it seems like in an interesting way, maybe Brian more so than Finola because he's done it more times. But it's kind of like when you get sandwiches out at a restaurant and they put like the toothpick in to hold it together. It seems like Brian and Finola to some degree are like the toothpick and the sandwich. You could change the sandwich, but somehow they're keeping their mind, you know, centered enough that they're realizing there's a bunch of stuff going on here that needs to be corrected. Right. As opposed to just... Where am I and what's going on? Just going through the motions. Yeah, what's the reading you get? Let's go to the house. You know, so I kind of thought they were like the toothpick and the sandwich. Like, they're still like the one solid thread. Um, Brian especially. And I thought that's kind of neat. But yeah, she's looking at him like, he spoke to him yesterday. And she kind of gave him the look like, well, he's been dead longer than a day. She didn't say that, but that was right. kind of like, look. And I was like, okay, now it's really getting creepy. Right. She's starting to remember her original. Mm -hmm. Her reality. Reality, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep, yep. So at the house, uh, Shelby and Brian are not at the bleed-through point where they've been before. That stinks. Uh, but there's a lot more bleed-through points all throughout the house now. Now they're on the stairs, near the stairs, in this room, all corners of that room. I mean, bleed-throughs are going all over the place. And like I said, like from the front, the upper left section of the house <laughs> from the outside is like a bleed-through. It's like, whoa. So uh, Finola calls her dad, and he's still at Orbital. Um, a little change from the first phone call where he was in a lab coat. Now he's kind of like in, it was either a suit jacket or a sweater top. And he actually answers the phone. I thought he wasn't going to because he's seen her calling. It's like, uh Yeah. <laughs> Like, didn't it? Didn't yep. it feel that way to anybody yeah. else? Like, yeah, he was not quite the same version as the previous version. That's for sure. No, right. No. Seemed like more like the Jones that we heard Fanola describe in the motel room. Mm-hmm. 
Almost like Walter with his piece of brain back in. Right, exactly. Not quite that extreme, but along those lines, yeah. You know, where it was like, now you're starting to turn into, you know, a little bit of a pecker here, pal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what the hell's going on? Crazy mad scientist. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and she has that emotional moment when he answers. You know, like like she had several episodes ago when she finds out he's still alive. Right. Now, it's like she just told Niels, I can't call him because he's dead. And oh, he just died. I talked to him yesterday. Now she calls him on the phone. He picks up. Yeah. So it's all of what she experienced previous episodes. Now it's like in this one little moment, she's like, oh, my God. So she tells him about what Brian had written about bilateral deviation. And he explains what that means. So basically, you know, that um, Shelby and Kathleen had jumped at the same time. You know, he's kind of touching back what he said in the previous resets, you know, and the fact that they're trying to do the jumps separately. Right. Because they're, you know, in the current reality, there's only one of them there, you know. So that's, you know, he, he, so it gives a little more context to it. And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And then just, um, I thought it was, she was going to use this for something later, but it was just a moment. And then it could also feed into, he's more of a hard ass in this reset. Right. She, she goes, what would be the last thing he'd tell her? And he's like, well, why would you think that we'll get through it? And he finally says, well, I would say to you, I love you. Just like Kathleen wrote on the pad to Shelby. Right. Earlier in the episode. So now Finola tells them that they have to jump together and they meaning all four of them, not just she and, um, Kathleen at the same time, all four of them, which is going to include Shelby and Kathleen, but also has to be Brian and Finola because they've jumped as well. Right. So they go back to the spot and Brian and Shelby are back there now. And Finola writes on the pad, synchronize your watches, all jump two minutes. And you could see slowly coming across Brian's face, the realization of She's figured it out. Yep. We have the answer. There you go. And Shelby is just looking at Kathleen very emotional because he wants to get back with his sister. But yeah, Brian slowly had that look upon his face. It's like, yep, yep, she got it because it's making sense to him. Yep. And so all four jump in at the same time, which I thought was kind of interesting and you know, because several episodes, or last episode, George was saying, well, they'd have to get in at this hour, these many minutes, these many seconds, these many milliseconds. Well, they've got a shorthand for that now. If they all four jump at the same time to cause a reset, you know, same thing. And I'm like, oh, that might actually work. Right. Because it's like you're not measuring the specific even to the milliseconds. Right. They all jump in, we get a reset, and we're back. Yay! We but are back. Where are we? But where yeah, are but we? Where are we? <laughs> they still got to get out of those long roads in the woods to get. <laughs> are we lost? <laughs> That's where that started last week. Yep. So Brian and Finola go to the house and they are greeted by Shelby and Kathleen. And they invite them in to tell them everything that they know, <laughs> which is kind of surprising, Brian and Finola. Yeah. But uh, Shelby and. Um, Kathleen kind of have these, you know, very slight Mona Lisa grins. It's like, 
We'll clue you in. Come on. Yeah, we'll tell you the whole story. <laughs> yeah, here it comes. Well, Have what I thought was interesting is that our Nolan and Brian don't know what's going on. Right. So this is obviously going back to a different reality. I'm assuming George is still alive. We don't have that at this point. Right. And the Fanola that jumped with with Kathleen had wanted to hold on to her dad saying, I love you, to try to remember. Right. Because she didn't get that in her reality. So this just had me all messed up. And then I'm thinking, wait a second, this isn't even the Brian that admitted that he was trying to get back to Fanola. Right. So... I want to know how all the shippers are feeling right now because that blows all of that right out of the water. <laughs> and are we going to find out if George is in this reality then? I think so, because that's where we were when this whole started, the whole thing started, that he was alive and still back with Garcia. Well, we think he was. Well, if we're... But Shelby had said that they had already jumped a couple times at that point. Yeah, but I think that Fanola figuring out if all four of them jump at the same time, that you have your final reset getting things back to where they should be, which, as far as we know, at the start of last week, was with George being with Garcia. But this next moment kind of makes you wonder then. Right. Yeah. Th again, this might be, like we said with Brian, maybe that... that Possibly being a war criminal or interpreted might be an actual constant for Brian. Uh, we get this family life dynamic that seems to be the constant for Maddox, because we go back to Maddox and he gets a voicemail, not a phone call, from the same fella at the Federal Grill uh, about a reservation. And apparently looking at his watch, the time has already passed. I think it was. Yeah. And he yeah. calls his secretary in and he asks, did I miss a lunch? And she says, nope, didn't have any on the calendar. So he goes, okay. So he calls his wife, but he doesn't decide to leave a message. So uh, then he, uh, then we see a nighttime scene. He's getting home from work that night. His wife, Julia, is not there, but divorce papers are. That's what I am saying. Which reality did we ultimately come back to? Because if he didn't go, because the one with George Jones was the one where Maddox was at the Federal Grill and knew what's going on. And and we got all that information. And so the fact that he didn't know anything about the divorce lawyer and that his wife didn't want to, you know, his forgiveness, yada, yada. It's like, wait a second. What reality are we in? Yeah. Well, then would you be saying... Messing with my head. Yeah, just to jump down the rabbit hole even further. Are you saying that the reality we had at the beginning of last week's episode might not have been the real reality? Because, yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, That's what, what she's saying. And well, Yeah, I'm, because they had said oh, okay. they jumped... I don't remember how many times he said they had already jumped before he lost Kathleen. Right. And it always reset two days in the past. So that's why I'm like, well, I've climbed crap. out of the rabbit hole. I've, I've climbed out of the rabbit hole. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that if this is the reset and everything seems like it is, then everything like it was at the beginning of last week is where we are. But um, I'm I know that down because the very next scene, we don't see any damage to Ash's head where they Cut. I didn't even notice that. Really? I didn't even catch that either. I was yep. more focused on the arm. Okay. 
Yeah, it, it looked like Ash had gone through any of what he what we saw him go through. Well, just to, right before I'm going to jump to that, I would say I think that with Brian, maybe the war criminal is a constant that right. is no matter what. Something I think that happened in Afghanistan that yeah. is definitely a a fixed point in time. Uh, and I think the other constant would be in Maddox's life that a direct route to divorce was going to happen no matter what. Right. Uh, now, maybe in this reset to where I'm saying, well, we're back where we should be, maybe she had a different reason. Uh, or right. maybe she had met with the lawyer and uh, he didn't know she ever met with a lawyer, may have not, you know, had no clue until he gets this voicemail after the fact. And now there are the divorce papers sitting at home. She, he probably drew them up and gave her to her at lunch and she brought them home, put them on the table and left. Right. Which so. Sense. Yeah, there are probably some constants, like my toothpick and the sandwich analogy, that right. might have played out no matter what. Now, Ash, I hadn't even caught this. If we go to uh, in prison, this is kind of a throwback to um, the video that Dee Dee sent um, Fanola on the phone. Right. Uh, um, it kind of connects to that. We see Ash, our bearded baddie, he's screwing around with his guard, handing his food uh, tray back, and he's grabbing the guard's arm through the hole in the door and not letting go. And the way he's staring at the guard through the window, I thought touching the guard, and this might play into when he saw her with that video, um, touching the guard, he's going to like make the guard's arm fall off or <laughs> catch some disease or something or other. And like nothing happened. He just was screwing with the guard. Finally, the guard gets his arm out. He throws the tray out the slot onto the floor. Guard's like, I'm going to put that on a report. And as the guard is leaving, to and he punches a code to leave the door or to open the door to get out of that ward. Ash is saying it as the guy's punching the numbers, right? Just like he was saying or singing whatever it was the song that was playing in the video Dee Dee sent, right? That was weird. Now, what and makes when he was me... grabbing his arm? I was like, oh, is he going to somehow like jump into his body or something? Yeah. <laughs> and see, and see where I think this might connect even more. Like I was kind of leaving a little teaser is when he ran into Fanola. Right. And then and he's captured and then she's playing then she sees the video and he's in the van singing along with it. Right. He did have his hand on her arm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And he grabbed the arm of the the guard. Right. So there must be something to where having that physical contact, he can have like a, a mental connection. Right. You know, or maybe seeing out of the eye. Yes. Another possibility. Because there was a little thing there. Uh, he says it at the same time, and he rolls on his side with a grin on his face. Now, here's something I had to ask you guys. Now, when he rolls on his side, um, we see in, in one of his eyes, like, two little dots. Right. Now, when you were watching that, did you think that was like merely a light reflection or he's got some sort of orphan black mechanical eye <laughs> going on with him? I wasn't I sure. I didn't even think mechanical. Right. I, but I didn't pay attention to the dots in the eye. Like They were like two dots. I, was, yeah, I, I wasn't that. paying that close attention. I'm just like, was trying to figure out like, oh my gosh, what did he do? How is he doing that? Right. So if, I missed or, that completely. Or if not mechanical, because I'm thinking seeing, because she's watching the video and he's singing along with it. 
Right. And the guard is obviously looking at the keypad to punch in the numbers, and he's saying it out loud. So if not mechanical, maybe some sort of alien thing in his eye. So I really, the way the shot is done on screen, I wasn't sure if it was mechanical or alien-related or if it was just light reflection off of his eyes. I was leaning towards maybe it's something alien. Right. And physical contact means he can now see what the person's seeing. Oh. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that theory. And then again, how long does that last? Right. Like, is it only temporary? You know, because she saw the video not long after he was captured. And then this guard is mere seconds between when he grabs the guard's arm and he's punching in the keypad. Or does that stay permanent? That would be an interesting thing. Right. But even if it's temporary, that, you know, that maybe the physical contact means he can see. So, right. I don't know. I saw the two dots. I was like, ooh, look, it's a pretty constellation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, two-thirds of Orion's belt. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I don't know. that. But it, it, he had those, like, two dots in his one eye. So. Yep. There's a lot more to ask, but I didn't catch no damage to the head. Right. I did not catch that. Yeah. And and now that I'm thinking back, yeah, I don't think there was anything there. No. You would have noticed a bandage a on bandage. his head. Yeah. 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 It, it yeah, didn't look right. like there had been anything done to him. It was still like before Maddox got to him. So, yeah, I think we are in a different reality than where we started mm -hmm. from. So we're pre-beginning of last week, maybe even pre-series uh, reset. Oh, my God. I didn't even think that we could have gone back that far. Well, it would be a lot more sci-fi convincing than Dallas's, hey, guess what? The whole last season was a dream. dream yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm saying. This could be pre-beginning of last week or maybe since we don't know how long because they didn't find that debris in the water like years ago, they found it relatively recently, um, Shelby and Kathleen. Right. But if you keep doing a lot of jumps, you could have a crap load of resets. I mean, how many resets did we have between last week and this week? A dozen? think <laughs> More than that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, so yeah. if they're doing it like every day and more than likely more than once a day, you know, even though Kathleen at one point had said to, I guess it was Fanol, I'm afraid to jump back in. Right. Because... I don't know what happens, but you've got all these resets. So, yeah, I'm I'm assuming it could be we've reset back to where we quote should be at the beginning of last week. But it could have been pre that, and it could have been pre the whole series. Because remember, last week began with Brian saying, "Are we lost?" Right. And is he saying that because they genuinely are? Maybe the GPS isn't, you know, it's glitching, or. Did they just blip in and now they don't know where they are? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where the mind bending, it's like, okay, everything seems like we're back okay, but there's that little thread hanging out. Right. Seriously, now I'm just like, oh. Yeah, go yeah, back and watch that. Back, yeah, because if Maddox hadn't did what he did to mm -hmm. Ash, they wouldn't have been, wouldn't have known where George Joan was. To find right. so mm -hmm. you know, we don't know if George Jones has been reanimated yet or not because of where oh, wait. this episode left off. I have to go further because go <laughs> if you get the chance, like I said before, to listen during the credits, if oh, yeah. you're doing it online so you can hear it, 
if you listened this week, it's like I see the sparkles. Right. Where's Brian? Yeah. And I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, did you find Agent Benavente or Brian or whatever? Yeah. No. But I see the sparkles. It's really pretty. You know, and it's like, what sparkle? Ooh, what sparkles are you looking at? Yeah. And could this have been going back further to Afghanistan or one of the realities where he's the war criminal or whatnot? Right. Well, the the first sentence is, is Ming there? Well, no, I think they said uh, at the said, end. Is he there? I think they said Ming at the very end of it this week. And they said still no sign of him. So we're still Mingless. <laughs> Being the merciless, what? Because yeah, the, but uh, this the, is weird. Because it's like, okay, what are they talking about? Where? I mean, at least the last couple episodes were like, oh, they mentioned Garcia, and it's like, okay, they're talking about Garcia and whatever happened, and then we see Garcia. Yeah, and then we get a little bit. So it's like, what could this be? And the way everything reset, yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. Well, where I are have we? a feeling. When are we? We're going to visit one of those fixed points of time with Brian. And are these radio broadcasts, either all of them or at least this week and last week's broadcast you hear, are they from the, well, we should be okay beginning of last week reset, or are they from the reality pre-series? Right. <laughs> Pre-resets time. When exactly what, like you said last week, you know, you probably would get a whole other story if you had all those things strung together. Right. Uh, you know, so could that be from another, the actual original reality before they even dove in the first time? Right. You know, and are there other pieces somewhere else that does the same thing? And did other people dive into them or or find them on the ground and reset stuff? Right. Oh. You know, that. Well, you got to figure there was because we on the original on last week's episode, the very first time or no, it wasn't even the first reset. Now, George mentions that, yeah, there was another piece that was found that affected a lady similar to what Shelby was going through. Correct. So, yeah, that that part of that piece of debris Mm -hmm. that was doing that probably broke Mm -hmm. into several pieces. So oh could the whole God. could the whole freaking planet be under a series of resets? Yeah, it could. You know, and did this last reset at the end of the episode, how far back, if there were even more pre that, you know, how far back did that take it? Right. You know, so <laughs> this is, yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I was under the assumption and I'm still kind of going with it like, okay, we, we're back where we are, but the whole right. thing with but the whole thing with Ash certainly puts a, a doubt in my head. Right. Like the more you think about it, the more confusing it gets. Yes. <laughs> now, the thing that would make me think, and again, this still with all these different threads and possibilities, it doesn't absolutely guarantee it. But the thing that as far as visually would make me think, OK, we have reset back to where we should be, is if next week we see George again and he's still with Garcia. Right. Then that. You know, that would kind of at least take it back to the beginning of the part one of these of this two parter at the very least. And that to me visually would say, okay, we're back to where we should be all all the whole thing, the whole enchilada, (laughs) you know, but, you know, you don't know. That's the that's the I mean, 
mega, mega kudos on the writing of yes. these two. I mean, all the episodes, but these two episodes especially, mega kudos. Because this is like, you just sit there and go, whoa! Well, I, I did notice for this episode, J.H. was listed as part of the writing team. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I love people with twisted minds. That's yes. fun. That's freaking great, man. But the whole thing, yeah, but nice catch on Ash I with the head. Didn't even dawn on me. I was just like, he's given a dirty look. Here comes the guard. Now he's screwing with the guard. You know, I'm just thinking of everything we see in front of us. Right. Which you, his head's in front of us. I should have yeah. noticed that. <laughs> what the heck? So, mm. yeah, this is just crazy how much, how much has happened. Obviously, wibbly wobbly. And, well, you know how we feel about this now. Why don't you chime in and tell us how you feel? Because we are not the only ones that are really confused. So put on your tinfoil hats and let us know how you feel by shooting us an email at contactus at fangirlzone.com because we'd love to hear from you. And while you're at it, if you can please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show. Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean our podcast. I mean, tell them to watch Debris, Debris. especially if they're a sci-fi fan because this will have them all twisted and confused and buying Reynolds wrap in abundance. <laughs> or at least Prozac. <laughs> <laughs> and, for this episode of Falling Pieces, I'm Sean Fangolas. Uh, I'm not sure if I like this. Let's reset. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Terry. With everything I've seen, please nobody grab my arm. And I'm Steve. I'm a honey nut malcontent too. Ha, ha, ha.